Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Daniel, chapter 11. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. In the 6th century, 60,000 Jews were killed and some were sold into slavery. In the 8th century, the Spanish Inquisition, the Jews were abused and persecuted. In 633 AD, Islam became the power in certain areas and it was illegal to be a Jew. The Crusades of the 11th century would say, kill a Jew and save your soul. In 1350, the Black Plague spread in Europe and the Jews were blamed and half the Jewish population was destroyed. 19, or pardon me, 1492, when Columbus sailed, the ocean blew. 800,000 Jews were pushed out into the sea and died. And then who can forget Auschwitz and Treblinka and the Holocaust of Nazi Germany, where there were Six million Jews burned. And the interesting thing, the Jewish people continue to survive. And so God shows us in these prophecies that the north and the south are hammering the Jews for 200 years, but they're still a people. Now, in verses 5 through 20, there's a whole lot more to be said about these verses. In secular history, again, I encourage you to go and do your homework. But what we have is the family feud. They continue with the Seleucids and the Ptolemies. And they're fighting back and forth in verse 5 through 20. And then we pick up in verse 21. The prophecy now shifts. Now the focus is on one king from the Seleucid Empire. His name is Antichus IV. This guy is despicable. Let's take a big chunk of scripture and then I'll come back and have a few comments. In verse 21, if you're with me, say amen. And in this place shall arise, underline this, a vile person to whom they will not give the honor of royalty, but he shall come peacefully and seize the kingdom by intrigue. That's interesting. With the force of the flood, they shall be swept away from before him and be broken, and also the prince of the covenant. And after the league is made with him, he shall act deceitfully, for he shall come up and become strong with a small number of people. He shall enter peaceably even into the riches places of the providence, and he shall do what his fathers have not done, nor his forefathers. He shall disperse among them the plunder, spoil riches, and he shall devise his plans against the strongholds, but only for a time. He shall stir up his power, and 
his courage against the king of the south with a great army. And the king of the south shall be stirred up to battle with a very great and mighty army, but he shall not stand, for they shall devise plans against him. Yes, those who eat of the portion of his delicacies shall destroy him. His army shall be swept away, and many shall fall down slain. But these kings, but these kings' hearts, underline this, shall be bent on evil, and they shall speak lies at the same table. But it shall not prosper. For the end will still be at the appointed time. While returning to his land with great riches, his heart shall be moved against the holy covenant. So he shall do damage and return to his own land. And at the appointed time in verse 29, he shall return and go toward the south. But it shall not be like the former or the latter. For ships from Cyprus shall come against him. Therefore, he shall... He shall be grieved and return in rage. Now pay particular attention. He shall be grieved and return in rage against the holy covenant and do damage. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant. And forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there, sound familiar? The abomination of desolation in your margin Matthew 24 those who do wickedly in verse 32 against the covenant he shall corrupt with flattery boy do I love this verse but the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out what saints great exploits God love that verse and those of the people who understand shall instruct many yet for many days they shall fall by the sword and flame by captivity and plundering now when they fall they shall be Aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue. And some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. Stop right there. Give me your attention. Antichus Epiphanes the fourth was a madman who gave himself the name Antichus Theos, which means... God is manifest. He was basically saying, I am God manifest. I mean, can you imagine meeting somebody? And, Hello, how are you? I'm fine. What's your name? I am God manifest. This guy was a real sicko. In the year 7175 BC, Antichus came to the throne with flattery. We just read it. And he seizes the kingdom with trickery and intrigue. Verse 22 says he overthrew the prince of the covenant. That's a reference to the high priest, Onias, O-N-I-A-S, the third, who was later murdered. And then he makes war with Egypt in the south. And he gets some of the servants of Ptolemy to turn against their king. Verse 27 tells us the king of Egypt knows that they have been deceived. So they sit down at the peace table and both their hearts are bent on evil and they lie at the peace table. Does that not sound like a modern day peace conference? You know, I was amazed to find out. Did you know this? That in the last 3,100 years, 8,000 formal signed peace treaties have been broken. In the last 3,100 years, 8,000 peace treaties have been broken. Man cannot maintain peace. I was shocked to discover the whole world, get this, has known war perpetually. 
It is estimated that only 8% of world history has been a time of peace. Since 3600 BC, 3,640,000,000 people have been killed by warfare. Amazing. 3,640,000,000. That was as of 1999, by the way. Interesting. So Antichus, Epiphanes, he is on his way back home. He decides to go to Jerusalem, listen at this, and he desecrated the temple. He heads back south to invade Egypt again, but this time there's a Roman commander who stopped him and said, if you lift one sword, you have declared war against Rome and you will be put down right here, this Roman commander. He drew a circle around Antichus in the sand. And he said, make your decision before you leave this circle or you're dead. So knowing he had no choice, he went home angry. And as he went, he poured his anger out on guess who, saints? The Jews, Israel. September 6, 175 B.C., this vile person shows his true colors. He goes into the temple. He sets up a statue and he demands to be worshipped. He slaughtered a pig and made the Jewish priest drink the blood. He sacrifices a pig on the altar. He spreads the blood and the pig juices around the temple, throughout the temple. This is the abomination of desolation. He put prostitutes in the temple. You couldn't own scripture During that time, it was a capital offense to circumcise your boys, to keep the feast on the Sabbath, to be a Jew was outlawed. He killed 80,000 Jews, took 40,000 into captivity. If you were caught worshiping, he had a big frying pan, a wok, and he would put people, Jewish people in them and fry them. He would oftentimes sit them on a corkscrew and corkscrew through their bodies. This guy is a vile person. So when the Bible says, talks about a vile person, we're not talking about someone who forgot to brush your teeth or someone with bad breath. We're talking about a man who was sick, someone who did some horrible, unspeakable things in the Maccabees. Now, the Maccabean period is not biblical history. It's history, but not biblical. It's secular history, actually. And, 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 And in Maccabean history, get this, it tells of these two women who defied him and they circumcised their boys, obeying the Jewish law. Antichus found out about it. He killed the babies in front of their mothers, hung the babies around their necks and made them carry them around through the streets of Jerusalem, took them to the pinnacle of the temple and pushed them off. And they died, of course. This guy was vile. He liked to call himself Antichus Theos. God is manifested. The Jews like to affectionately call him Antichus Epimanes. The word Epimanes literally means the madman. Antichus, the madman, they said. Three famous madmen in history, Caesar, Nero, and Antichus Epiphanes. And it's interesting, they all hated the Jews. Well, six years later, December 25th, 165 BC, five brothers decided to fight against Antichus, and they launched a guerrilla warfare attack by Judas Maccabeus. You remember him? They used to call him the Hammer, not like an MC. But like in Hammer, this guy was tough. 
and others joined the revolt later. It became known as the Maccabean Revolt. They drove Antiochus out of Jerusalem. 2,300 days later, they cleansed the temple. They relit the candles. And today, do you know what that time is called? Hanukkah. You got it. Or the Feast of Lights or the Feast of Dedication. So when you see Hanukkah, Christmas is coming up around that time, you'll know what that's all about. Notice in verse 32 in your Bibles, talking about the Maccabean boys. When Antiochus Epiphanes turned on Jerusalem, some of the Jewish people turned their backs on God. And some, like the Maccabean brothers, they said, no way, we're not going to turn our backs on God. The people who knew their God, and they stood strong, and they did great exploits. I like that in verse 32. And what was true of them in that day is true of us today, saints. Did you know that? You know, Romans chapter 8, verse 31 says, we realize if God is for us, what? Then who can be against us? First John 4, 4, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through Christ because he strengthens me. You see, the most gutsy people in the world are Christians who know their God, they will do great exploits. I love that. Those who say, I know, I know my God is with me. And no matter how dark the day, I will continue in what he has called me to do because I'm going to do great exploits. That's why you come to church on Wednesday night. That's why you come to church on Sunday morning. Did you know that? You're like, uh, no, <laughs> Well, you know now, you come to church on Wednesday night and you come to church on Sunday morning because you want to do great exploits for God. How do you do it? You know the word. You study the word. You hide the word on the tables of your heart. And then when you go out in the world, you've got the word. Now you can do great exploits for God. That's why you come to church. Those who know their God. Now, notice the final division in chapter 11, the conflicts of the future. Notice in verse 36, if you're with me, say amen. Then the king shall do according to his own will. You want to underline all of verse 36, 37, and 38. Underline and highlight it. Then the king shall do according to all his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god. Shall speak blasphemies against the god of gods. And shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. He shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women, nor regard any God. For he shall exalt himself above them all. See, that's why he doesn't regard any God, because he considers himself God. But in their place he shall honor a God of fortresses a God which his fathers did not know. He shall honor with gold and silver, with precious stones and pleasant things. Thus he shall act against the the strongest fortresses with a foreign God, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory. And he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain. Notice that. Stop right there. At this point in, in, in verse 36, history Ends and prophecy begins. Between verse 35 and 36, it's a time warp. From Antiochus Epiphanes, it time warps to the Antichrist. 
Now, you won't find any fulfillment of this prophecy because it hasn't happened yet. Notice in verse 36 concerning the Antichrist, he will do according to his will, just like Satan. Remember, Satan said, I will exalt myself above the stars of God. I will be like the most high God. What a contrast with Jesus who said, not my will, but thy will be done. Jesus said, I always do the things that please my father. The Antichrist is going to do according to his will. The Antichrist is puffed up and speaks blasphemies against the God of gods. Did you notice that in your Bibles? He will be a great orator. He will be charismatic. People will flock to this guy because he'll seem to have it all together. This guy will exude confidence. He, he's going to be in control of his life. He's going to seem to be controlled. He's going to be good looking with nice teeth. <laughs> I thought of Anthony Robbins. It's like maybe Anthony Robbins is. No, I'm sorry. I mean, if you like him, I'm sorry, but I pray for him. No, I'm See, the Antichrist is going to prosper until the wrath has been accomplished. And then notice in verse 37 in your Bibles, he will also not regard the God of his fathers. Many Bible scholars get this, believe that the Antichrist will be Jewish. Why? Because he won't regard the God of his fathers. Understand, this statement that he won't regard the God of his fathers is an idiom. It's an expression that Jewish people completely understood. He won't regard the God of his fathers. Many believe he'll be Jewish. And notice this, and he won't desire women. Many scholars believe that the Antichrist will be homosexual. Interesting. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm crazy, or maybe I'm not reading the news right, but does it not sound quite all too familiar that we are set up about this time. Amazing. He's going to exalt himself above God. And then in verse 38, he uses the God of fortress. That would be military weaponry to take control. And then notice in verses 40 through 45, if you're with me, say amen. And at that time, at the time of the end, the king of the south, that's Egypt, shall attack him. And the king of the north, that would be the Soviet states like Russia shall come against him like a whirlwind with chariots, horsemen, and with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. He shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, but these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. And he shall stretch out his hand against the countries, and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over the precious things of Egypt. Also, the Libyans and the Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end, and no one will help him. Before you close your Bibles, here's the good part. 
It tells of the end in verse 40 through 45. At this time, the Egyptians and the Arabs in the south. Remember, we're talking about something that is yet to happen. The Egyptians and the Arabs in the south will begin to wage war against the Antichrist during the middle of the tribulation period. Also up north, we know Ezekiel 37, if you'd like to do further study. Ezekiel 37, 38 and 39 tells us up north, this is who saints? Russia, you know that. So there's a rebellion against the world leader, and they will make a feeble attempt to come against him with chariots and horses and, and, and many ships. And the Antichrist brings in his army. He goes down to Jerusalem. He comes against Israel. Israel's a war zone. And while fighting, he's caught off guard. He looks up in the sky and he sees, according to Revelation chapter 19, tells us that Jesus is descending from heaven with a sword and they are wiped out. It's not a war zone. It's a wipeout zone. This is the battle of Armageddon as Jesus rules and reigns. Jesus is coming back. The first time he said, you know this, the first time Jesus said, I'll be back. Like Arnold, I'll be back. And he is coming back. And according to these prophecies, we know that he's coming back. And when he does come back, he's not going to come back as a suffering servant. He's going to come back as a conquering king. The first time he came, he came very peaceful, riding on a lowly donkey. But the next time he comes, he's coming on a white stallion and he's coming in power. Amen, saints. And then in closing, you got to turn here. Turn to first Peter. Just turn to first Peter. Uh, make it Second Peter. Turn to Second Peter. Can you, you, you know, 135 prophecies, all fulfilled in 45 verses, historically documented. What does that tell us? Turn to Second Peter. That, that tells us that if God can fulfill all of these prophecies in the past, what can he do for you? You see? Now look at Second Peter. I want you to look at this and then we're going to close. Second Peter chapter three. Look at chapter three. I thought of this as I was wrapping up my sermon this afternoon. Second Peter chapter three and look at verse um, look at verse 11. Let's start there in verse 11. Are you there? Say amen. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness looking for and hastening the coming of the day of God? because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, what saints, we look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells, and I can't wait. Therefore, this is what you're to do. When you see the word therefore, you've got to find out what it's there for. Amen. Therefore, beloved, after all of what we already know in verses 11 through 13, therefore, beloved, Looking forward to, the, to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. And consider that the long suffering of the Lord is salvation as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given to him, has written to you as also in all of his epistles. Paul writing in all of his epistles, speaking in them of these things in which are some things Boy, we had this tonight. Hard to understand. Which untaught and unstable people twist to their own destruction as they do also the rest of the scriptures. You, therefore, beloved, 
Put your name there. Rodney, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness, being led away with the error of the wicked. Would you read verse 18 with me? But grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be glory both now and forever. Amen. You see, now that we understand these things, 135 detailed prophecies recorded in the scriptures, accurate to the T. Now that we understand that, then we also, now listen and listen close, then we also must understand there will be a rapture of the church. There will be a tribulation on the earth. Listen, there will be a second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there will be a thousand year reign of Christ. And there will be a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. You see, if our God can give to us prophecy so detailed and so accurate, then we must understand that what he says is true. For he is God. He knows the end from the beginning. And he will accomplish his word. And that's why Peter said it's the more sure word of prophecy You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.